Bank Safety Podcast with Vance and Bart. Unlike the Maxwell trial, we are live streaming on the internet. Yes. No editing at all. This is going straight out. Just like the Mac. That's not doing that. They're going to edit out anything they don't want us to know, right? I think a couple of things. One being that it just started. Mm -hmm. So I don't know that there's much to be said about it yet. I also think there has been like one headline that I've read that was supposed to be a bit of a bombshell and it was stuff that we knew about five years ago. So I don't really think it's worth getting too deep into until it's uh, probably halfway over or at least a little bit deeper in. Right. Um, That's not, that's not to say that I'm not following it. Mm Mm-hmm. I think it's probably worth discussing at some point, but admittedly, I think there are a lot of other trials that are complete yeah, and would be worth breaking down as like a full debrief mm-hmm. as opposed to ones that are very speculative and probably not going to go the way we want them to. Yeah. Uh, do you know anything about the Ahmad Arbery case off and on but you know at first when it happened it was the the hype and hoopla about it as much as they were screaming that it was uh you know some sort of awful racist act you know how the media is so racist yeah i just kind of just ignored the the whole case because sometimes i just don't want to be lied to like that. And I don't want to hear the racist stuff. So later when it was calmed down a bit, I started looking into it. So there's, there, there's some really interesting things about this case. Um, so we have here in Georgia, apparently uh, the citizens, private citizens, non-deputized citizens can arrest people. Probably more, if you really looked into the law, it'd probably be more like, uh, you know, if somebody's robbing your place and you tackle them and hold them down till the cops get there, you're fine, you know, citizens arrest. But because it's on the books in the way it is, I guess that's the defense, the way the defense went with it. So apparently this person's house had been or cars had been robbed the people going through grabbing doors finding ones unlocked yep uh there was a house like a development going up and this place had been also people had been going in there and taking shit you know so these this family i guess they see somebody doing in one of those homes right 
and they think this person is taking stuff. Whether the from the record the guy had, I wouldn't put it past him. But, um, but on this particular occasion, he didn't bring anything. Yeah, because I think I did. He either didn't, did see or he hadn't yet. But that's just speculation. That's not, you know, at this moment, he has no stolen property. Well, I was just going to say, I think I saw a video of him, whether that be like a neighbor's video or maybe even something in the construction where he's just going in and out. But I don't think he took anything. He, at worst, trespassed. Yeah. So I don't know exactly where this was in Georgia, but I know around the part of Georgia that I live, when there's new neighborhoods going up and people are interested in the houses and whatnot, all the time people just go and walk through one that's being built without tearing shit up or stealing any of the appliances. They just are interested in the construction of it and the layout and maybe it's something that they're interested in buying later. Yeah, it is a bit of a legal gray area because technically you're trespassing, but I think a lot of people have the understanding that it's a bit of a model home and they're they're totally fine with a few a few lurkers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the construction the or the general contractors typically will uh, even if there's a couple pieces of wood stolen here and there, they just chalk that up to it's better to let these people look through the houses because it helps us sell them, right? So they don't they don't really push it. I think more if you get into areas where things are being stolen a lot, they might start posting signs, you know. But until things are really being stolen, they're not going to do that. They want they want that hype, you know. Here's what I'll say. I think it's probably better for us to err on the side of being less lenient because if we go to absolute worst case scenario, which is he was very much trespassing, I still think that gives us a lot of room before we jump into any justified murder of this person. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or defense, defending property, defending, uh, defending one's life because at the, at the moment of, of shots fired you know this man was grabbing for the gun the piece that i feel like would make it somewhat more open and shut but i'm 95 percent sure is the case the the father son duo are not the property owners right they're not the people who owned this property or are in any way a party to this property, right? Like they weren't tasked with protecting it. Is that okay? I just want to make sure. Yeah. So, yes, he is trespassing. This family, I guess, had been um, robbed recently. Like shit had been stolen of theirs from their property. So they were on high alert. 
they see this happening. And they're going to stop it. Because they're mad, right? Well, they go yelling and chasing this guy, right? And you can see it. He takes off running, which I would too. Even if I wasn't, like, no bad intentions or whatever. Even if, if I wasn't doing it, just walking on a sidewalk. Somebody starts coming at me and yelling and all that. I'm taking off too. So... At this point, these people think they're chasing a criminal. This person is scared for whatever reason because people are chasing him. They catch this person. Uh, what was his name again? Ahmad, Ahmad. Arbery. Ahmad. I hate to say in person because the the... Man lost his life. So Ahmad, he gets cornered or stopped. And he's being yelled at and held at gunpoint. And, you know, it's fight or flight, right? And eventually he sees what he thinks is an opportunity to fight or get away. From the, the the people who are detaining him at this point for, I guess, walking through a house. If he was even had the knowledge that that's why, you know. And he's fatally shot and killed. So this is a case where in the moment, in the heat of the moment, these people are like, oh... I'm sick of being robbed. I'm sick of, you know, and they get themselves into a situation where they have the person. And, you know, it was kind of a, I'm protecting my property, you know, bow your chest out, stay away from our stuff kind of thing that got turned into, oh shit, we caught him. At least this is the way I looked at it. Now what do we do, right? And then in the process of detaining this person that's scared to death and doesn't know why they're being detained, this person's fight or flight kicks in and they choose fight or fight and flight, it seemed like, right? I guess they he started with flight yeah, until it didn't work anymore because right. they're in a vehicle and he's not. So now it's this now it's the the person with the gun in a situation where the person the, the there's a there's somebody grabbing their gun. So in a situation where you're not the aggressor and somebody grabs your gun, that is somebody trying to use deadly force on you. You can assume that. Right. In a vacuum, if someone grabs your gun, you should shoot them. Right. Because it's you or that person. Right. But not talking about this situation at the moment. If you're in a situation where you're the aggressor and somebody grabs your gun and you shoot them, 
guess it probably was your life or theirs at that point because they probably could they very well could have grabbed your gun turned it on you but you're the person who initiated the conflict so this is what i think happened i think two alpha male type people were seeing somebody walk through a house talking to each other about what they think is going on over there and they you know one says one thing and one outdoes the other by saying another thing. And then they decide we're going to stop this from happening. We're going to be true alpha. We're going to show everybody we're the alpha male. And then they caught the person. I don't think there was any intention to kill him. But there was intention to show him who's boss, you know. And this is where they it all went wrong, really. It was just that one-upping each other, then you get in the chase, and then you catch them. It's like a dog. I don't know if you've ever had a small dog that chases squirrels. It doesn't actually want to catch the fucking squirrel. Because if it catches a squirrel, it doesn't know what to fucking do with it. It's going to get chewed up. Right. But it likes the chase, you know. It likes to feel like, oh, I protected my... Well, it caught the fucking squirrel. And let's go back to the fact that Ahmad didn't steal anything. So at worst, he could have, should the, the action appropriate for trespassing is asking the person to leave. And then if the person leaves, no further action needs to be taken. So the fact that that wasn't what was done, in my eyes, puts the aggression into the hands of the father and son. Ahmad was the defender. Therefore, him grabbing the gun did not put the blame on him. I think there's an easy way to mistakenly frame this by a a logical fallacy as well as a few items around unrelated character pieces, mm-hmm. right? So if you oversimplify and say there was a person with a criminal history, a criminal record, and was in the process of committing a crime, was then stopped by citizens of a neighborhood watch in a citizen's arrest who at that point saw this criminal heading toward them and was trying to grab their gun were left with no choice but to make the choice between their life or his. So if you tease those two things out, as, okay, he was a criminal in the act of committing a crime, albeit trespassing. And then the other side, which is if you are a person who wants to commit to a citizen's arrest and you pursue 
someone you believe to be a criminal and they turn on you and start to grab your weapon, if you zoom in only on that part, I think almost anybody else in that situation would do the same thing. Mm -hmm. So if you separate those two things and say someone who is a criminal, albeit trespassing, and was in the in the act of committing a crime, had a criminal history, and was being detained, and look at that in isolation, and then match that with someone who is pursuing him under a citizen's arrest, and he turned around and grabbed that person's gun, that person was left with the choice that any of us would have made. Mm-hmm. However, that's missing a whole lot of the context. Mm-hmm. I will say I don't love putting intent onto things because when people talk about premeditated murder versus manslaughter, we'll say, mm-hmm. I think it presumes a lot. But either way, I think they killed someone that they did not intend to kill that day, but they also put themselves in a situation where they ended up having to shoot someone that they probably shouldn't have even faced. I understand that they were emotionally driven to do that, but if you feel you are enough of an authority to carry out a citizen's arrest, you should also take with that the level of responsibility that anything that happens in that situation is on you. Yeah. And I think that not looking at crimes in the way that the state looks at a crime, looking at crimes in the way that humans should look at crimes will help you to to make the proper judgment call on the amount of force needed for a situation. Somebody trespassing can be arrested, detained, fined, told to go on by the state, right? But if you look at a crime in what is needed to make the situation whole again or get it as close back to whole, the victim is close back to whole as possible. A crime of trespassing with nothing stolen in the first caught offense really should shouldn't need more than uh, please leave the property and never come back. And if the person does it, it's over. If the person doesn't, then it's on them to escalate the situation. And at that point, it's completely different situation. It would have been on a mod to escalate the level of violence or force being used in the situation if that's the way it was approached. 
And then if it did end up with Ahmad being shot and killed, if Ahmad was the one who escalated the levels, then this would have been a completely different outcome. Or it, maybe it wouldn't have been. Maybe the courts would have got it wrong. But it, these people would have been innocent in my eyes, and morally they would have been innocent if they weren't the ones who initiated violence on somebody being peaceful. When he ran off from the trespassing and you had no proof of anything being stolen. So I don't know about you, but I think the courts got it right in this circumstance, which is going to be odd for us to talk about for the next, what last episode this episode we're talking about the courts the justice system getting it right we're gonna have to focus on some of their wrongdoings so we don't put too much confidence in the people (laughs) about the court system i think people know that this was a jury of peers and You can also add on top of that the fact that the laws of the land here were fairly clear and, for the most part, morally just, we'll say. Right? Mm -hmm. I think think for the two of us who are folks who don't really love the state Mm -hmm. or those laws that they feel like they can impose on us, at least the ones that were involved here were ones that we could, for the most part, at least theoretically agree with. And the people enforcing them were citizens, and they did it poorly. And a jury of their peers agreed that they did it poorly, and justice was served, which... I honestly think is a great example here. Yeah, right? this should be the way the cops are treated when they do this same thing. Well, I think that's that's the point I'm I'm making is that these are citizens interacting with other citizens and being tried for the most part by other citizens, which is what the courts were supposed to be. And we see things going pretty well. So we we do have to remember the sentencing of these people is to take their lives away, right? Take their wealth away and give it to the state. Does the victim have a family? Does he have anybody who relies on him? Does he have friends that are going to miss him? None of it, none of the sentencing of these this father and son is going to be to make those people's lives whole again. I think that's why we shouldn't be dismissive of everything wholesale in a lot of these cases, because if you throw out the whole thing by saying, well, it's the state, it's awful. I think it misses the two halves of this whole Because I think the front half, the investigation, charging, 
all that whole piece, the serving of justice, at least up until sentencing, should and could be thought of differently than the sentencing, right? Because if you pulled the judge out, you pulled the courtroom and the courthouse and all of the state out of it, Mm -hmm. this could have been a handful of citizens dealing with someone being wronged independently, and it likely would have ended in a similar fashion. I think the part you're talking about is exactly where it starts diverging, because even if we agree with everything up until the sentencing, that's when it starts diverging. And for me, these are the ones that I think are more important to talk about, because if the court gets it wrong, if the judge gets it wrong, if the jury is threatened and intimidated and bought off and the prosecutor plants evidence and the cops are involved and all these other things, we see these really sensational cases in true crime documentaries or in headlines. And from minute one, everything is all wrong. These are way more interesting because for the most part, all the way up until how we actually handle the reaction is for the most part, something that I would agree has gone the right way. Whereas you're exactly right. The way that these people pay the way that people are made whole and made right has nothing to do with the victim. That's right. <clears throat> and they, I mean, the amount of anger that I have about that is is the, it's, it's well beyond. Uh, the rest of the hoopla. I mean, I guess I, I know that the incentive structure is there to make a prosecutor lie and try to just get as many convictions, whether it's the truth or not. And, and where, why, where I have not accepted it, I've just known it to be reality. But, when I see a victim, I want them to get something, you know, and it just doesn't happen. And there's no talk of it happening. Even in libertarian circles where we have written books about it, discussed it, talked about how we would set up our legal, uh, private legal system to make sure that that happens. When we talk about trials in the public, maybe we just assume people know that's the way we feel, but we don't say it enough on Twitter, on Reddit, on Facebook. Okay, we got this right. Now let's make the victim whole. It's no, it's all you hear is people who don't feel that way going, give them life or throw away the key or he should be free or it was just a you know a white person or a 
whatever, you know, you hear all these things, like, don't give them anything, but in the libertarians, just stop talking about it once the sin. We need to continue the talk. When this person gets sentenced to, did they get sent? I don't think they did. Yeah, it was just what today or yesterday they found guilty. Uh, but <clears throat> we need to talk about how that didn't fucking help. Yeah, people really do stop here. This is when they stop thinking about the case. Everything else is a foregone conclusion. It's like people of privilege pay a fine, people who are rich and did something especially heinous will go to some sort of private prison type jail. The poor people will go to jail. Jackson. They'll go to prison. They'll possibly get the death sentence in one of the places that still has that. But it's only a handful of categories and not one of them makes the victim whole. I I will say that this one is a more interesting one because when someone has stolen from you or damaged your property or, you know, anything where you are still alive to ask for the repair or ask to be made whole, it's a bit different than cases like this where someone is murdered or we can call it manslaughter or whatever, homicide. When someone is no longer alive, how do you make them whole, their estate whole, whatever it is, their friends, their family? It, that is an interesting discussion, but we're not even asking that. No, there's no desire to to do it. That's <clears throat> there could if we were debating what would make his friends or family whole again or closest to whole we can get them. If we were having that discussion, I mean, we would be living in such a better world because that would just mean that people's minds were in the right place. I mean, think about the the mind. Think about where your mind is when you start asking that question. Like In your journey to being growing up and being a man and learning what punishment was and what when you did when you determined you know this isn't moral and the the whole point is to to right the wrong right that you've done right <laughs> when you accepted that as the moral way of living i think your mind is in a place where uh, the first thing you're thinking about is your fellow man, obviously. Not how it would look for your team when it's time to vote. We're harder on crime or whatever. That's just so foreign to me. Which we got one of the hardest on crime as our president and then one of the most what, illegitimate judges put plenty of innocent people and tons of people for non-violent crimes in prison for a long time. 
like right in our White House right now. I loved how she made a comment about the Rittenhouse trial, how she needed to do, or we needed to do a lot of work to the justice system. And I was like, exactly. That's that's who you are. No matter what, you're looking for that conviction. You want them in prison. doesn't matter what the evidence says. Because any judge looking at it objectively would say, okay, that's self-defense. It really was pretty cut and dry. No matter what your political beliefs are, I don't give a shit if you guys are all over the live chat or the, the Twitterverse or the whatever telling me I'm a piece of shit or whatever because that's just the way it is. And if you think it's different, that's because you've been listening to MSNBC to tell you what actually happened instead of going and watching the fucking video and seeing what actually happened. The kid defended himself. These two people, whether they were bad people all the time or whatever you want to believe, they were the ones who aggressed upon this man and killed and caused his death. They killed him with bad decisions. And I don't think that was their intention. I'm not sit sitting here saying that. I'm not saying they saw a black man or whatever and they're like, oh, let's go kill a black man. I don't think that's what it was, but I do know what it's like to hang out with a bunch of meatheads talking shit, getting each other riled up and how quick that can go to some sort of violent situation that nobody needed to be in. I feel like instead of zeroing in on the meatheads, like a lot of the news has done, we could zero in on the victim's family, the victim's friends, the victim's estate, because there has been on one side of the news cycle a focus on the victim, but it was a very idealized, almost caricature-like version of the victim and doesn't really paint things in a realistic way mm -hmm. because it just sort of talks about this idyllic person who had their life taken from them. And while I do think that that's awful, I also think we shouldn't just stop there. Yeah. I, I don't, I mean, from the guy's record and the way he was living his life I, at the point, I don't think that he was necessarily in very productive moment in his timeline let's call it um what his timeline was cut way short i have a family member that's very close to me it's gone through serious drug addiction and lived under a bridge and i've taken him in a couple times he's stolen from me it's uh, It's been rough, right? Especially for somebody I love. So as a family member of somebody who's addicted to drugs or let's just say living the wrong lifestyle, maybe it's not even drugs, just you're out there stealing and stuff. There's people that love, or at least in 
the person I'm talking about. So there's, I, I love this person and, uh, I, I would do anything for them if I thought it would help. And I keep trying to come up with ways to help this person. And this person has come up with plenty of ways to disappoint me <laughs> in the process. So the families of people that are homeless or live in that lifestyle that's leading them down a bad path and you know, you can see it and you're screaming. It's like you're just screaming and you're behind soundproof glass and you can't get through to that person and you're trying and it's painful. It's painful as hell. So if this person, if, if Ahmad had anybody like that in his life, they were already going through all kinds of pain and they could see his life ending in a bad way. And then when he's not doing anything wrong, at least at this moment, he hasn't really committed any kind of crime warranting any violence. You take his life from him. Like there's, there's some pain there. You're wondering, was he getting his life back together? Was he really not doing drugs anymore? Like he told me last time we talked. Was it cut short now when he was finally doing good again? Like you're always thinking that. And you're like thinking also, I, I can remember thinking, I wish he'd just go to jail now. Just so I know he's alive because I can't find him. You know. For future people, when you see somebody like that and you feel like maybe it's a citizen's arrest kind of moment, think about it and just be like, is, especially in a construction type thing, is there anything that he could be taking there that's worth this kind of ex escalation? This is a sad story. All around, really. I mean, the victim needs something, or the, the, the people who love the victim, they're in need. They were already going through it. If, if it was anything like my situation, I know we all try to impose, like, just impose the shit that we go through on to a situation, but if you do it honestly without like a bias towards who is the good guy and the bad guy, if you just do it equally to both sides, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Cause I mean, that's the only way we can understand emotion is to take our own experiences. But like I was saying, the family just needs, they need help. They need, and and what we are going to punish these people with isn't going to be help for for that that's i mean that's really the worst part about it is we're not even moving towards it because it's not even talked about anywhere because it's over right because it's it's over before the sentencing let alone thinking about what's happening during or after sentencing yeah one if side we, won and one side lost that's all it, like 
It's like it's a fucking if, football game, except there's lives at stake here, man. If you order this from least innocent to most innocent and just run through everybody involved, no one wins. If you start with the father-son duo who clearly made a grave error and escalated to violence when they didn't need to, and I'm certain have some level of remorse and guilt. They were in no way innocent here, but these people had no history of finding and murdering people. This was something gone wrong. And even though they are absolutely at fault for this having gone wrong, I also know that they didn't intend for it to end this way. But they don't win. If they go to prison, if they go to the electric chair, if they go and have a massive fine taken from them that goes to the state, none of that is a win for them. They have to live with the guilt that they ended someone's life. They have to either pay monetarily or with their life in prison. No one wins there. No one in their family or their friends wins. If you think about the one we've talked about the most in the media and in this conversation, Ahmad might have been in a rough spot. He might have been a criminal and was even earlier that day stealing from another house under construction and had planned to come back and take some. That has nothing to do with what they robbed him of, which was his right and any possibility of turning that life around. They robbed him. They robbed him of his ability to turn that life around. So even if we go all the way to saying he was absolutely, because we can, you know, the 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 idyllic thing is good, and I, I I certainly don't love to speak ill of the dead. But even if we're trying to go and give the the largest benefit of the doubt, even if he was absolutely tortured and vile. It is not up to you to decide if he continues living. And following that into the most innocent, what we were talking about before, his family, his friends, they did absolutely nothing. And they do not have him anymore, but they do have a constant public reminder of the fact that they were robbed and will never be made whole again with the help of a state who has all the resources in the world to make them whole and they never will be no intention on a different note there was another trial this week that ended with a uh, again the courts, I believe, in this circumstance, got it right. Have you followed anything with uh, his first name? Uh, it's last name Coffee. Andrew. Andrew Coffee. I thought you were going to say first name Mister. <laughs> yeah, Mister Coffee. That's right. Was on trial. What's all this bubbling and churning? It's Mr. Coffee. This is Mr. Radar, sir. 
No, I have not followed uh, Mr. Coffee. Uh, is this a is this a similar case? Is no, this is a this is a different case. So this is a Mr. Good Coffee case, had been under investigation for uh, sales of narcotics, and the local drug task force had decided to uh, do one of these. I don't know if you guys have heard of them. So I think it's a little more, more people have heard of them in our, in our space, Liberty space. These, uh, no knock warrants. I don't think they give Ooh. a lot of them because they seem dangerous, right? Or do they just I give don't... them out a lot? Which, which one is it? It seems dangerous enough to where they probably don't give them out at all, right? Well, apparently they gave one out. But mm. this was from the, the ruling here, I don't think they're going to be giving out another one. <clears throat> so, Mr. Coffee, I guess <laughs> when they burst in violently through his door, opened fire. Woke up from a dead sleep from what? I've read uh, to people intruding on his house and open fire. His girlfriend, the way it's written, got in the crosshairs or in the crossfire. That's what they said. But I've also heard reports that none of the bullets that were in her came from Mr. Coffee's gun. So it's not exactly crossfire. Whatever sounds better, I guess. Um, <clears throat> she was shot 10 times, by the way. Zero of which were his? Yeah, from the report I read. Uh, I only read ro- one report that even talked about that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's probably not the most relevant piece. I'm more just curious. But even if it is five of each, she's caught in the crossfire either way. Yeah. Anyway, so th- Mr. Coffee loses his girlfriend. In this exchange, and I do believe an officer lost their life, and I think that was one of his murder charges. And they also added during his charge, his girlfriend's life was on him too, in the murder trial. So he's on trial for murder of a police officer and his girlfriend, right? Because he was committing a crime by selling drugs. And they burst into his home. Mm. He had been committing the crime of selling a, I mean, peaceful inter- exchange between two consenting adults of a substance for money, be it gold, Bitcoin, cash, what have you. So this warrants, up- this warrants a violent intrusion of his domicile which results in him opening fire on what he thinks are violent intruders, which I would tend to say, yes, that's, that's an accurate description. I would say instead that he has accurately identified as violent intruders. Right. Resulting in a gunfight, which ends the life of his, I'm going to assume, beloved girlfriend. And... Lands him in jail on murder charges, right? So he goes on trial, and I've I I followed it a little bit 
you know, it's just like, not not the trial, but at first I was like, oh, this guy is going to get railroaded, but he, he should be innocent. He should. There was another charge. There was another case where a guy in a duplex, the owner of the duplex, they raided the wrong house, and he ended up shooting an officer. And he did like 10 years before they let him out. Because they wouldn't admit that they raided the wrong house. They planted drugs and all kinds of shit on him. You know what I mean? But it came out later. Anyway, um, I was thinking, oh, this is going to happen to this guy, right? The motherfucker beat it, man. <laughs> He's acquitted. Um, granted, Florida did charge him with you know, possession of a firearm while committing a crime. Which is a felony. But... Most people get like five years probation for that one. I have a couple friends that have gotten it for owning guns while selling weed. If the weed and the guns are within a certain distance of each other, whether they're being handled or whatever, locked away, it doesn't really matter. It's just, they measure the distance. And if it's not within that distance, they just move the gun closer and then take a picture of them measuring the distance. So he's getting charged with that. But, you know, he did beat the fucking murder charge, you know? So he's acquitted, mm-hmm. which means that the the jury were in agreement with uh, my favorite housewares deal, which is a free Mr. Coffee. <laughs> right. And this was Florida, by the way. Oh, that's interesting. Floridia. With one of the oldest populations in the uh in the lower forty eight. Extremely white too, the population. Oh, you did not mention. Is this is Mr. Coffee uh dark roast? Yes. And a fucking so, hero. <laughs> so Mr. Coffee. I, I don't is... I don't yeah. I mean, yes, there are certain aspects, even some people that listen to this show that might care about the color of some people's skin, which I do believe it is relative because so many people do care to mention that, but fucking innocent, dude. Shooting at the cops who invade your home. I mean, that's what we've been saying this whole time. Like Every gun enthusiast, out there is like, oh, when they come raiding my house for my guns, they better know what's coming. Well, this guy did it for the things he believed in and for his fucking property. So we should be cheering this. Interestingly enough, while you were telling that story, I didn't think much about his race, but you raise a good point in that the likelihood of a black person walking free in America is pretty low and the media would have me believe that in Florida it would be impossible. But to recap, a black man who killed a cop was acquitted of murder in Florida? Correct. Wow. I'm telling you, Michael Malice is right. The winds are changing, and they're fucking scared. 
We're on a high note, and I gotta fuck that all up. Here comes the black pill. There's a video that's just circulated. I got it from our friendly neighbor, Scott Horton, of a police officer in a Lowe's parking lot. I don't know if you've seen it. Who's called out in response to a shoplifting charge of a man? Just one of those electric wheelchairs, like the, I think they call them the Razzies. Like the, the rascal. They got the joystick, zero turn deals, you know? Yep. All right. Um, and he's on oxygen. And the officer said he, you can hear him in the video calling it in that he had tried to stop the guy ask him questions and the guy pulled a knife on him couldn't have been much of a knife the motherfucker is pretty immobile and they're saying stop stop and the, the man has no desire to stop whether he's who knows what's going on whether he's mad because he doesn't think he stole anything and why are these people bothering him to I'm an old man who's dying of lung cancer and I just want this cop to kill me. I don't know what's going through his head. So he's just ignoring the police officer. He's driving where he wants to go. He goes to drive back into Lowe's. For all we know at this point, he wants to clarify with Lowe's that I didn't fucking steal anything. I got the goddamn receipt. That's all we know at this point. He's going into the Lowe's and I can hear him now. The excuse is, he had a knife. I don't want him going into Lowe's. He could hurt people in Lowe's. M- meanwhile, I don't know if you've been to a Lowe's, but they have these things called doors. And what a door does is like there's an opening to come into a place, and you can open a, an open door. It's really easy to go into a building or a room or something. And then a closed door or a locked door is is damn near impossible for a weak person in, in a wheelchair to get through. So Lowe's wasn't scared of this man and they their doors were wide open. And he was going towards the door and the guy put nine rounds in his back. The cop put nine rounds in this man's back. And then when he fell out of, slumped over and fell out of his wheelchair, put one more in him for good measure on the ground. Having seen the video myself, there is also imagery from within the store mm-hmm. where there is an employee just inside the door as well. Mm hmm. And she does not look alarmed until the guns are fired, right? Until guns are fired in her direction. (laughs) The idea that you are worried about the safety of anyone in that store goes completely out the window when you fire nine rounds at a person when just beyond that person is an innocent civilian. I appreciate that we were on a high note there 
we've seen a couple of things go right. We've seen a couple of juries get things right, but I do appreciate the reminder that things still need a lot of work. They do. And let's start remembering the victims, people. Whether you really do it in your head and just don't say it, let's start saying it. Let's not just assume that people know you're a libertarian and that's the way you feel. Remember to say it over and over and over again. Remember to say when a cop beats up a homeless man in a kid's park. Remember when you're saying the homeless man should not be in there doing drugs and shit where my kids are playing and I get why he's being kicked out. Remember to say, yeah, but the cops should also be responsible for their actions and they shouldn't hospitalize and brutally beat a homeless man who's got mental problems because he was in a near a playground. There's better ways of doing your fucking job. You can you can both agree that the homeless man probably shouldn't be sleeping there and agree that the cops should be responsible for their actions if they go beating up on some fucking homeless man. Those both can be in your head at the same time. You don't have to be one or the other. I think a lot of these things become politicized and we think about taking sides immediately and instead of us thinking about a victim, a victim's family, who should be a victim or doing right by anyone, we feel this pressure to immediately have an opinion the second we hear. Instead of it being nuanced, we have to choose which side we're on. Yeah. So with all of these people picking sides, it's usually people talking about things that they don't understand. Yeah. I mean, take The Economist, for example. It's a trap. There's no con-